Hi, this is Paul from B Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. We trust this can allow you to live bigger, to live better, and to live bolder. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that that is who you are, that you always make a way for us because you love us, Lord. You, the promise keeper, the miracle worker, we glorify you this morning, Lord. Thank you for all that you do for us and all that you mean to us. And help us, Lord, to be worthy of the attention that you pour out onto us. Help us to respond rightly, correctly, Lord, and appropriately this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I must just say, like, uh, while, we were, while we were singing More Than Conquerors, you know, I get excited with that song because I actually believe that is what we are. And I was thinking of Excalibur who's visiting this morning, the whole club. Welcome, guys and girls. And their, their, their sign is a sword, like Excalibur, you know. Um, and I was thinking, yes, Excalibur. Yes, the sword of the Spirit. If you want to conquer, it's in ya. If you want to live righteously, it's in ya. If you want to right wrongs, it's in ya. If you want anything in life, it's in ya. This is our Excalibur. And this is true. That's a theory. This is the absolute truth. This is how we will defeat the enemy. This is how we will grow in righteousness. It's all in ya. Amen. Okay, we can go home. And it's joking, just hanging in there a little bit longer. I'm trying to get my things working here. Who's been reading the news lately? Yes. Tax increases and coronavirus and Malema's on a mission. And isn't this a fantastic time to be alive? Of course it is. This is the ideal opportunity for the people of God to shine and to shine brightly. I know you don't want to be under pressure we say we are facing. I know some of you right now would like to be under the duvet and some of you under the sun on the beach. But we're under pressure. What an awesome place to be. Because it's in those moments God is able to do His best work. And because we're under pressure, because life is what it is, and we think this particular time is so bad, everyone in generations past also went through times like this where they thought it's the worst ever, but they got through it. So we just need to find ways to get through whatever we're facing. And that's why we've been doing this series, Under Pressure. In week one, we said the obvious. Pray, people. If there's no peace, you haven't finished praying. You can't get up there and still be all demacar and uncertain. You've got to have peace, knowing you've given it to God. In week two, we said you've got to remember. You've got to look back at your life and think, yes, where I was and look where I am now. You know, God got me through all of that. When we lose sight of God's past faithfulness, we don't factor him into our future either then, so we can't see him in our circumstance. Last week, we said seek. And I mean, the response to last week's message was overwhelming. We basically said, God says to you, you be about my business and I'll be about yours. And today, to conclude the series, we're going to teach you to follow Jesus. 
When you're fa facing precious situations, you pray, you remember, you seek, and you follow, because there's a difference between seeking, you've got to then follow what you found. So we're going to talk about that. But some of you get like really weird when you're under pressure. It's like your brain turns to mush, and you can't think rationally, and you like start saying to you, oh, God has forsaken me, God has left me, he doesn't really care about me. Oh, God is so distant, he's with all the others, or he's gone quiet. Oh, I must have done something wrong. No, you peanut. God is with you. You're just not seeing him because you're so wrapped up in your situation. There's stronger words than peanut, but that's the best I could come up, up with at short notice. And when you're under pressure, and if you're not seeking God, you know what happens? You get frustrated. And frustration just messes up your prayer life because then you've got the shopping list and you start questioning God and you ask things like, okay, God, I've not told, told you what's wrong. What are you going to do about it? You know? And that's not the way to approach the Father, is it? There's no respect, no honor in that. But we do that. Like, God, you've got my opinion on what's happening now. What's yours? Come on, people. He's God. He's the creator. He's the all-powerful. And then maybe we go read our Bible when we face in pressure situations. And it seems to be every time someone else went through situations, God did show up. And he said to them basically, hang in there, I've got this. But if he told them, why don't we also see, hear that or see that? Well, we do. You see, when things aren't great, when it seems your prayers aren't interested when you think God is not interested in the details of my life, then you've got to ask yourself, what is God up to when he seems to be so quiet? Or, because God seems to be quiet, he isn't, what must I do in the meantime? What are you supposed to be doing in those times? Because what you do is either going to make things a whole lot better or a whole lot worse. And don't we generally make our problems worse because we worry and we do all these other things? Okay, can we be honest this morning? We make it worse. Okay? So what if we pray, we remember, we seek, and we learn to follow? Couldn't that make it better? And that's what this has been about, helping you cope with life. So why follow? Well, because it works, the Bible is evidence of that. You see, God does his greatest, his most significant, and his deepening works in us individually and corporately during times of unpressure, when we're under pressure, but only if we learn to follow God. He does amazing things in situations that we face on a daily basis. Your favorite Bible characters, your Bible stories, the Psalms, all were birthed out of times of discomfort, all of them. And God was with every single person there. He was not absent. Sometimes they might have felt as if he's absent, and they said so, but God was never absent. You see, women and men's lives in the Word 
when they were interrupted by the unfamiliar or unpredictable circumstances, when things were happening, we see God shining the brightest. He had not fallen asleep. He had not deserted them. He had always been there right with them. And he shows up in these situations. And that is why today we, we can read stories and we can hear testimonies from people where God does marvelous things. And wouldn't you like your situation, whatever's getting you down, an illness, job, finances, I don't know what it is, wouldn't you like God to do marvelous things in what you are facing? Then you've got to follow. But you first got to pray, then you've got to remember, then you've got to seek, and then you've got to follow. Okay? And there can be a testimony that changes lives because of your faithfulness. Have you ever wondered, what if the people in here thought that God had abandoned them and followed their own heads? What would the Bible look like? It would look completely different. What would your life look like if you recognized he never abandoned them and he hasn't abandoned you? But to follow him when things are difficult is the best thing you can do. Because if you don't follow God, you could miss him completely. And we don't want to miss God. Because what you're facing now, you desperately need God. But if you don't follow, you could miss. God has always done more. It seems more in our times of pressure or uncertainty than he ever does in our normal nine to five lives. Why is that? You see, there are things in your life that you rate higher than God. Deep down, almost every single one of us sitting here today is an idolater. Okay? You've got idols in your heart. Things that you trust in more than God might be your finances, might be your job, might be your circle of friends, might be your skill, but that is your idol. So when, when you're, and that, that is, it is a form of structure in your life, and there's nothing wrong with structure because it's God in us that gears us to make make some sense of chaos and to create structure. That's God in us. But when those structures, those things become more important than God and when you've got pressure in your life and you turn to those things without turning to God, then it's an idol in your heart. God can use those things. He can use finance. He can use other people. He can change economics. He can do whatever God wants. But you've got to put him first. You see, that's the correct structure. God first and then he'll utilize these other things. Via myself, and she's not, not here this morning, but you know how many times we face pressure? But we recognize that God has surrounded us with people. We don't go to them because they are merely people and merely our friends. 
We go to them because God has placed them in our life. They're part of our support structure, but He is first, and we recognize God in them. And then we go to them. And it's the same with all of us. We can't have an idol in our heart because that idol becomes your comfort zone. Then it becomes about that and not about God. And your money or your skill or your friends might have helped you in the past. Might have. But they aren't your mainstay. God has to be. So who do you trust? And who do you run to when things start getting tough? When God has an undivided attention. Okay? When you're in a precious situation and you've put God first, it's in those times that you are able to grow like crazy and to mature beyond any level you thought because you've put God first and God rewards your obedience. But you've got to put Him first. The bottom line of all of this is when God is all we have, when, when He is all we have, then you actually begin to discover God is all you actually need. And you recognize these other things in the correct order. God first. Okay. So, for God to do great things amongst us, we have to respond correctly when we're under pressure. Okay. And don't think because you're a Christian, don't think because you know the Bible, don't think because you can speak in tongues or whatever you're excluded from life. You're going to face difficulties. But then how you respond determines how you get through them. And I want to go to the story of Joseph. And this is Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 50, okay? Go read it. It's a good story. But it's the truth. And the story has got life lessons for us. You see, during 13 years of upheaval in Joseph's life, we begin to see the God who was with him. If you read his story, you would think, if you remove every verse that mentions God and you just read his story, you would think, this boy's a heathen, he's a pagan, God isn't anywhere near him. But when you read between those verses that said that God was and God is, you begin to see during this turmoil that was his life, God was with him. Because Joseph was his pampered little favored son. Okay? So he, his brothers like, get a little bit upset with him because he's a daddy's boy and he gets a nice coat and he's bragging about the dreams he has. So they take the pampered boy, put him in a pit. From the pit he goes to Potiphar. From Potiphar he goes to prison. From prison he goes to the palace. Okay? And in that, there's a whole lot of life that happened. But basically, his brothers throw him into the pit and they want to kill him. And, and Reuben says, well, boys, we can't kill him. He is actually flesh and blood. Let's sell him as a slave to the Ishmaelites. So they sell him and he ends up in Potiphar's house. Now he's a slave in a foreign country. He's got to work for his food. Slave conditions generally aren't good, but something happens different to him than to most people, and it is found in verse, uh, verse 2 of chapter 39. It says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. 
He's a slave, far from home, missing his daddy and all the comforts. He's a slave. But it says God is with him. And because God was with him, he prospered. And he was faithful as a slave. Often in life when difficulties come, we just give up. Joseph realized, I'm going to put in. I'm getting through this. I'm going to give my best in this situation. And because of that, despite his circumstances, he put God first. He followed God. And in verse 3, it says, When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Can people see in what you are facing that the Lord is with you? That's a big question. You see, when things got difficult, Joseph didn't give up on God. He drew closer to God. And he showed others who he loves, who he worships, and who is guiding him. And because of his attitude, you can go read in, in verse 5, it says, The blessing of the Lord was upon everything that Potiphar had. Okay? Because of Joseph, an Egyptian slave master gets blessed. But it was because of the attitude of Joseph to the pressure he was facing. What is your, your experience in this? What are the people in your house experiencing because of what you're facing? Are they feeling the pressure? Or are they experiencing the blessing? Because how you approach what you're facing determines what they experience. And if you're a mom and a dad yeah, to, to today, or an oma or opa or whatever, You've got a responsibility to approach your pressure points correctly so that your family isn't dragged down, but that they lift it up. So that the blessing that is upon your life because you're following God is the blessing that will be evident in their house and in their life. It's our attitude, people. How we face our moments. Now, unfortunately, it's life. And life gets tough. And Potiphar's quite a hot-looking... Uh, Potiphar. Joseph's apparently quite a hot-looking dude. It says he was handsome and well-built. Okay? I can't find any similarity between him and me. But, okay? And Potiphar's wife casts her eye on this fine young man and decides, mm, Oh, look. That's cute. And decides to pursue him. Now most guys who don't serve God would probably have given in and said, come to Papa, baby. Okay? But not Joseph. Because Joseph wants to do what is right in the eyes of God. And sometimes doing the right thing is the most difficult thing we can do in life. Because there's going to be times in your life when you're called to do the right thing. 
when you're called to say, I'm walking away from the temptation, when you're called to say, I'm not that person anymore, when you're called to say, I'm different to what I was, I am the new creation, there are times when the most difficult thing you will, be able, you will have to do is to walk away and say, no. But that brings blessing. Sometimes not immediately, but eventually it will come. So poor old Joseph gets accused of rape by a vindictive woman because he refused her and he gets tossed into jail. I mean, from the pit to Potiphar, now to the prison. The poor boy. He would think he would desert God. He would think that God is not with him because you, may, you died in their jails. It was a slow death sentence. Eventually you would starve to death. But we read in verse 20 to 21, it says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, who was with him? The Lord was with him in the prison. That's pressure. You're fighting for your existence daily. You're fighting for food, but God is with him. And God granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warder because he approached his pressure point correctly. I'm not giving up on God. I'm going to follow him. And he's in jail with two other, two other guys. Sorry. Um, and it happens to be the king's helpers, the baker and the cup bearer. And one night they have a dream and they come to Joseph. He's favored now. Okay? He's got it relatively good, but he is in jail. And you would think now, okay, yes, Joseph's time to shine. And they come to him. And in verse chapter 40, verse 8, it says, We both had dreams, they answered, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said, Do not interpretations belong to God. And just in that, we can see where his heart was despite his circumstance. Okay? He brings God forth in the prison, in his circumstance. You can see there, he didn't desert him. He didn't think God was absent. He knew that God was with him. And because God is with him, God is able and he interpreted those dreams. And about two more years go by, and he's in prison. He must have been thinking, where's God? Where is he? He must have been thinking, look, my prayers aren't being answered because I'm still stuck here. And he's not, he must have thought, I'm getting no answers. There's no signs, there's no miracles. But he keeps faithful. Then Pharaoh has a dream, and they're looking for someone to interpret the dream. And the cupbearer and the baker remember Joseph, and they call Joseph, and we know the rest of the story. Okay? Because he's favored by God, because he follows God, he rises up in the ranks of Pharaoh, becomes second in charge of the land, and then something happens that is a defining moment for him. There's a drought in Israel, and his brothers... These same guys who chucked him into the pit come crawling to Egypt looking for food. Now most of us would think, Dirk, the lights all went off. Most of us would think, wow, yeah, is revenge time. Hallelujah. 13 years or however many years. Lekker nou gaan jylle bas boetes. 
go. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't react in a moment that most of us would have reacted differently. He follows God. And he knows God says, Revenge is mine, saith the Lord. He knew this. He knew it was not his place. It was his place to forgive and to forget and to be a blessing. That was his place. In the midst of this uncertainty, he responded accordingly. Because imagine the turmoil in him. A humanist would want to get right with these people. But he wants to be right with God. You see, you can get right with people and you can be so non-right or unright, whatever that word is, with God. We've got to do the right thing. And he does. In chapter 50, verse 19. Now this is the crux. This is where we want to go this morning. Remember this, okay. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. They now discovered this was Joseph and they knew he calmed it. That's trouble. He says, I Am I in the place of God? In other words, saying, look, I'm not going to take revenge. I'm not God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, they had plotted evil. They had put him in the pit. Potiphar's wife had plotted evil. She caused him to be in jail. Okay? They all had intended harm, and God looked at the situation and says, Here's a time to shine because my boy has been faithful. Yeah, now I can come in. I can do a mighty work. I can save many lives through his faithfulness because he decided to follow me. And when the pressure of life come, came, he didn't turn. He looked at me and he followed me. He conducted himself as any man in his circumstances would, who was confident that God was with him. And this is how, well, this is what we need to ask ourselves this morning. How do we respond? You see, Joseph could have played the victim, but he realized, I'm part of God's plan. I just got to trust him, I've got to follow him. And you've got to realize this morning, for God to accomplish great things through what you are facing, you need to see him in those things. Joseph saw God with him. Do you in your illness, do you in your business, do you in your lack of finances, whatever it is, your relational difficulties you experience, do you see God with you? And I don't know what you're battling with. I know some of you. Do you see God with you when you're dealing with an ex? Do you see God with you when you're battling with your children? Do you see God with you when you're suffering from pain? Do you see God with you despite your lack? Do you see God with you? You're part of a very significant work of God if you follow God. You need to get over your boss, your ex-husband, your children, your school teacher, your illness, whatever your current situation is, 
And you need to get with God because what was intended for evil, God will turn to good. Go read Romans 8.28. It says exactly the same as the previous scripture did. Exactly the same. What the world intends for evil, God will use for good. Don't blame God for what's happening. Do you really think a God who loves you is going to cause an illness? Do you really think he's going to make you lose a child or whatever? No. God is not that type of God. He's a loving God. But he will use what happens in the world. He will use what happens in your life. He will take your situation. And if you pray, if you seek, if you remember, if you seek, and if you follow, he will turn it for good. These are simple steps. How do we go out of here today? What do we do? Because the fact that there's pressure out there, that's a fact of life. How do we deal with it? What do we do with it as the praise and worship team comes back? I'm going to tell you today, church, this is not the time to doubt. This is the time for faith because you've got two options before you this morning. One is faith, the other is fear. Which door are you going to walk through? Because only faith will, get its, its righteous, uh, will give you a righteous reward. You can live in fear and you can live under pressure. You can carry on like you are. Hallelujah, I'm happy for you. But my heart breaks because you are in the wrong place. That's not where God is. You're sitting in the wrong corner of life. Get to his corner. Get where he's at. Get with his program and get his peace. Amen. But then you've got to walk through the door of faith this morning. You've got to know that there's good news. Your heavenly father is the master of uncertainty. And he's used it throughout history to raise his name high, to glorify his name, and to save and to bless his people. So, in this week, I need you to know these two things. God is with you. And you can trust God. You're going to get opportunity today, tomorrow, and the days hereafter to decide which door am I opening? Am I following or am I turning my back on God and doing things my way? Am I going to le live in fear or am I going to live with faith? You're going to get those opportunities and I pray that you would remember this. What would Jesus do? If he was with you right then in that situation, ask yourself the question in the coming weeks, what would Jesus do? And then you do that. Okay, can I encourage you to try that? And can I encourage you, can I plead with you this morning to pray, to remember, to seek, and to follow because you are more than a conqueror through Christ who is in you. Just make sure he's in you. Amen. Hallelujah. You are more than a conqueror. You were not created to be defeated. You were created for victory. You were created for the glory of the kingdom of God. You were mm -hmm. created to be blessed by the God who's most high. Just live right by following correctly and following fully. I want to pray for you right now so that the power of Christ can come upon you through the Holy Spirit and your situation can be brought into the light and there can be change, dramatic, immediate, significant, everlasting change. Let's close our eyes. Mm. Thank you, Lord, that your word is the absolute truth. And you said more than once, Lord God, 
what the world intends for evil, you will turn to good. And I thank you, Lord, for the good in every person's life here. I don't know, Lord, what they are dealing with, but you know, Lord. You know where they're at and you know what they need to do. But we thank you. There'll be testimony. There'll be change. There'll be dramatic improvement. There'll be healing in relationships and in bodies. We thank you, Lord. There'll be breakthrough beyond understanding. We thank you that the condition of our lives currently is not what it will be tomorrow, nor the day after. It will be improving and growing and maturing, Lord, as we follow you. Thank you, Lord. You are a rewarder of faith and obedience is blessed by you, Lord God. Mm. We thank you. We come before you this morning and we say, yeah, we are, Lord, in our brokenness. Thank you for putting us together again and making us new. We love you, Lord. We glorify your name. Help us to follow you. And Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, every moment we get faced with a decision. Help us to remember what would Jesus do and then give us the courage to follow through on that. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want any more info, please feel free to visit our website www.bchurch.co.za or connect with us on Facebook at Bikers Church Garden Rift.